PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick here with me to talk investing, finance, retirement, and mastering retirement cash flow. Part one is going to be the topic today. We're kind of understanding just changing expenses. Uh, we're going to break this into really a two-parter here, obviously, by calling it part one. And we'll kind of do a little more focus on some of the other things uh, on the next session. But for today, I want to explore some of the expenses in life and how they just change as we're moving some things, uh, as we're moving from working into retirement and things you guys see with your clients and how you work through that process for them. So that's the topic today. Let's get into it. John, first of all, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Getting ready for the summertime here. So if it happens, I don't know what's going on in the South. Uh, where I'm in North Carolina, and uh, we've had one 90 degree day, uh, and it's almost July. Totally unusual for us. So it's very, very weird. Uh, oh, it's we, hot here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like two states seem to be you know like in a weird spot. I don't know what's going on with the middle of the South here. It's very strange this year. Uh, but Nick, I heard you chime in. How are you, my friend? Doing pretty good. Yeah. So you guys are sweltering. Is that what you're saying? It's definitely hot. Yeah, it's. Uh, we'll send a little kick a little this way because I don't know what's going on. It should be warmer here than than it is has been. So very weird. Well, I'll trade. Yo, okay. Um, so, All right. Yeah. yeah, like today it's. Uh, well, we're getting a ton of rain. Like today it's uh, taping this podcast. It's like seventy two for the high, and tonight's overnight low is fifty eight. That doesn't happen That's, usually in North Carolina in late July or late June. Yeah, so, that is pretty surprising. That's yeah, cool. That's very, very, cool. very weird. So I don't know. Mother Nature's off her meds, I guess. But what can you do? Uh, so let's get into this conversation, guys, about changing cash flow before I keep going down that tangent. Um, I've got a few parts here I want to run through. What are some of the expenses that, that might drastically change one way or the other, either to like saving us money or to costing us more money, whichever way you guys want to take this, whatever you've seen uh, with your clients. But let's start it off with housing. I think housing is probably the number one expense in retirement. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, but what do you think? Yeah, I would say for a lot of people, um, you know, that maintain a mortgage past retirement, it's definitely a significant monthly expense. You know, one thing that we are seeing here, you know, with the tick up in interest rates over the last 12 months, you know, we had had conversations with multiple clients from, you know, 18, 2018 through 2021. Uh, about taking advantage of low interest rates and, you know, kind of keeping their mortgage and, and that sort of thing. And, and for a lot of people that makes them feel uncomfortable, but 
to a person, everyone that we've talked to that has done that now that rates are where they are. Uh, they've been pretty happy about, you know, that decision and being able to take advantage and lock in those low rates. But for those people that, you know, just naturally with uh, the kind of the schedule, you know, mortgage that they had and, um, you know, ended up paying off the mortgage by the time they uh, retired, that drop in expenses is um, is usually a, a big help. I would say, you know, one thing that jumps out, that's a reminder that we use for people is, especially because the homeowner's insurance market here is now gone completely insane. Um, you know, taxes insurance don't go away. So, you know, I can't tell you how many times we've had a conversation where, you know, maybe somebody had a mortgage that was $3,000 a month. And, you know, they're like, well, you know, once I retire, that 3,000 months going to go away. And, and we point out, you know, well, hey, about half of that is, you know, the rest of it's for taxes and insurance. Um, so sometimes that drop in expense isn't quite as much as they thought it was going to be. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and it's easy to do, especially even with downsizing, right? Because the market's been high. So it's not always just lowering things just to go to that downsizing piece. Uh, John, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, the downsizing is a big part of it. Not only, you know, if you downsize, you might be able to, uh, you know, get some equity out of uh, your house there. So if you, you know, if you downsize by two or $300,000 house, you get some cash that you could do something with. Um, but then you start looking at, you know, smaller house, you know, less homeowners insurance, less maintenance costs, things like that. It could really be a, a pretty significant savings, um, you know, especially as Nick mentioned here with uh, homeowners insurance. I think mine went up like, 60 or 70 percent in mm, wow. a year which Jeez. was and that that's uh i've heard a lot of people at first i thought it was just me and then i talked to some some clients friends family and it seemed across the board that it just shot up so yeah that's, yeah, that's a lot hefty. of people that are falling between five and ten thousand dollars a year now um and for homeowners insurance down here it's mm, gone mm, mm, mm. um well i imagine wild. that i imagine the big hurricane added a lot to that right that's probably part of it um from last year yeah, 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 for sure. Re insurance companies like we got to recoup some money. How are we gonna do that? Sixty <laughs> percent hikes. Uh, all right, no more work stuff. Category two on the changing in expenses. I think you know we probably assume for the most part that no more work stuff means we're gonna save a little bit of money. Yeah, so this is something that when we do planning, we definitely hit on. Um, you know, we have different categories of current expenses and then retirement expenses, and then we actually go one further and we kind of look at advanced age expenses. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, this is one where uh, you're not commuting anymore, or at least to work. So you know, depending on what your commute was, you could be saving quite a bit on gas, uh, car maintenance expenses, things like that. And then the big one. For I know when Nick and I worked in West Shore <laughs> was the lunch expense <laughs> where it's like, uh, you know, every, every time for lunch, it's like, all right, where are we going? Good excuse to get out of the office and, and just get a change of scenery. You find, you know, you're going out to lunch every day. That that does tend to add up quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can you can spend some spend some dough that way for sure. So I think in this category, we feel like and this one, I think maybe drives a lot of people feeling like, oh, I'm going to spend less money in retirement. Right, Nick? I mean, this is kind of one of those things. Well, I'm not doing all those things now, so I'm going to be saving money. But you're also doing more stuff because you don't have to go to work. So you may not save as much as you think. Yeah, I would also say, too, that this kind of post-COVID work from home um, shift has prepared a lot more people to have a better idea of, you know, the expenses that have changed. We do have a fair amount of clients that, you know, used to commute and no longer do. Right. And so they've kind of gotten a, a peek, you know, into what that looks like. 
you know, and, and people are creatures of habit, you know, inevitably they develop new things that they do. And um, usually there's other expenses that, you know, replace previous ones, but yeah, there's always something, um, right? Yeah. But oftentimes there, you know, there are reasonable um, reductions in, in some of those work related expenses. Okay. Let's go to healthcare. Uh, this one here, I, this one to me seems like this is not going to be going in the, into the positive. This is not going to be getting, putting money back in our pocket. More than likely, this is going to cost us more. Yeah. I mean, for a big chunk of people, especially if they work at a company that has pretty good health benefits and, you know, maybe they haven't had their kids on their plan for a while. So it's just them and a spouse or them solo. Um, oftentimes the shift to what we budget for post 65, you know, post age 65 Medicare related premiums, oftentimes it goes up, mm-hmm. you know, for people. So we typically budget about $4,000 a year. And, you know, we have a more aggressive inflation number that we use on that. Oftentimes, you know, people come in less than that, especially with a high deductible plan, you know, those sorts of things. So, you know, I just had this conversation the other day with someone where they were going to have a, a pretty substantial jump and uh, they had worked for the same company for a long time. You mean jump in the premiums? Was, yes. Yeah. Yep. They had worked for the same company for a long time. It was a big company, had really good health benefits and, um, you know, premiums were going to go up. So it, it can be a little surprising uh, that way. If it's somebody that's shifting more from the perspective of, you know, kids recently got off their plan and they're cutting back on, you know, maybe went from a, a regular health plan to a high deductible, you know, those sorts of things, it can be a drop. But honestly, I see it more neutral or go up than I see it go down. Yeah, definitely. John Taxes, let me hit you with this one. This is a big misnomer. It's been around for years that when we get to retirement, our taxes are just genuinely, generally lower because we're you know, not getting a paycheck, right? We're not making as much, but more times than not, eight out of 10 times, people are not in a lower tax bracket. No, no. Typically, you know, they, they tend to be you know, in the same, in the not, same, maybe a right, little yeah. bit lower, right. um, because what you're really trying to do when you do planning is you want to keep the person's income, you know, where it was while they were working. Um, right. You're trying to fill in the, you're shortening, uh, the shortfall, right. You're kind of pulling from our assets to make up the shortfall based on social security, or if you have a pension or whatever, those kinds of things are. So you're trying to keep the numbers basically the same, correct? Exactly. Yeah. So we are trying to keep the numbers the same. Um, and we find a lot of people and I would say we find the majority of people have most of their money in pre-tax uh, accounts. So what you'll find is when you're pulling out of the pre-tax accounts, you're paying taxes on it. So so this is really important when it comes to planning where you, you know, and we harp on this constantly, it's a matter of uh, setting yourself up to adjust. So maybe if you have some tax-free money, some after-tax dollars, in some other accounts, um, you can, you know, really try to eliminate or not eliminate, but try to lower what your taxes are going into retirement. And I'll say one thing that happens, you know, quite often uh, with clients, and this is only maybe a year or two, you know, that we see in retirement is they'll just have a couple of years of just massive expenses where, 
you know, we just had someone that's purchasing a second home and then mm-hmm. you pull out of their retirement account. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, in that given year, that's going to be a big tax hit or it's a health expense, or I've had other ones where it's, you know, they want to do a remodel in their house. And it's like, well, you know, I got to pull money out of my account and everything's pre-tax. So they really get, uh, you know, we see a significant increase in their their taxes in those years. Yeah. That's why we want to get tax efficient uh, if we can. Uh, and maybe that's worth looking at trying to have, maybe move some money so we don't have that tax time bomb sitting there waiting on us. Uh, some different things. And, and speaking of actually that, Nick, let's go to the next one here because you can kind of chime in. It kind of fits well with that is one of the biggest things we're doing is pumping money, hopefully, especially the last 10 years of working into our retirement account. Maybe that 401k that John was just talking about, and therefore we're growing those dollars. And that is an expense that goes away once we stop working. We're no longer feeding that. Yeah. Yeah. That deferral is usually kind of the lowest hanging fruit of expenses or yeah, kind of money back in down. our pocket kind of thing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that, that outflow is usually the biggest drop, especially if it's a, you know, if, if you're talking a couple that is, you know, essentially maybe they're both maxing out or pretty close to maxing out or mm-hmm. you're saving around 25,000, you know, that's $50,000 a year. Right. You know, granted they're used to, that's the money that they're kind of used to living on anyways. So, yeah, because we weren't seeing that, right? When we're working, exactly. it's going straight to the paycheck, or straight to the, the 401, for example. But yeah. now that we're not working, we also don't have the paycheck. So it, to me, is is it is it truly a savings or is it kind of a wash because you weren't seeing it before either? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I think for a lot of people, it's a wash. You know, realistically, in a day-to-day setting and like from a lifestyle perspective, it tends to be a bit of a wash. There, it's, okay, yeah. It's, yeah, it's more of an on-paper, you know, sort of reduction more than anything makes sense um and in theory you know when when you start you know if you want to kind of nitpick a little bit you know the money that you defer into those plants still you still pay payroll taxes on it so there's a little bit of a savings there mm-hmm, right. um you know so that that's something that can kind of factor in and you know one of the changes that kind of fits in with both the tax and retirement sort of things is a lot of times at that point in time you know, they're no longer claiming kids. Um, maybe the mortgage is paid off. So from a deduction perspective, you know, there's also a, a change as well for uh, from the standpoint of what they're able to deduct versus what they can deduct, you know, in retirement. Okay. And so what we're doing is we're talking about these categories here on understanding how the, our expenses are going to change, whether it's to the plus or to the minus. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more later on about, you know, how that's going to affect us in, in our overall expenses and uh, some things to kind of cover in ways to be more efficient in that. So let's continue on uh, with a couple more categories here and then we'll wrap it up for this podcast. But so we went through housing, work stuff, healthcare taxes, the retirement savings account when we're no longer feeding the 401 animal. Uh, John, so you mentioned earlier travel and leisure, right? When you were talking about there's different things we're going to spend money on. So if every Saturday, right, is uh, the day I spend the most money, well, guess what the retirement is? Every day seems like it's a Saturday. It's a right? bunch of Saturdays, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Groundhog Day. Yeah. The more time you have, um, you find yourself uh, trying to kind of fill fill the gap with what to do. And, and we see a lot of people that are, you know, if they like golfing, they tend to be golfing a little bit more or, you know, fishing or whatever it might be. But that's I'll the say, point, right? It's the point yeah. of retirement. It's what we, we're striving for. But I think it, the scary part is, is we don't maybe, if we haven't budgeted for how much we're the activity, that's when we can kind of short sight, maybe shortfall ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. That's where it's important where you're doing a cash flow analysis for retirement. Like I said, just, you know, we typically look at retirement expenses. We'll, we'll 
look at what the person does for hobbies and try to estimate, okay, this is kind of what we can ex- expect. Mm-hmm. And you always want to go over the amount. Uh, you never I was going to go ask under. you that. Yeah. You want to, yeah, you always want to over inflate because, it a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I'll tell you this. And, and my wife doesn't listen to the podcast when she's at home more, I start to notice my uh, Amazon bill goes up and packages end up at the door. <laughs> so that, you know, yeah. so when there's, there's a lot more downtime. You tend to say, okay, you know, what's, what's out there. Oh, let me go run to the store. Let me go do this real quick. And, and all those things add up to, um, you know, just added expenses. Yeah, well, sitting on the computer, right? Like, you, or or the phone, right? You're just kind of like, oh, I'm bored. I'm not doing anything. Next thing you know, you're on some sort of shopping site because you're like, you know, yeah. I was thinking about this or that or new set of golf clubs or right. It's easy to do home projects because you know Pinterest is giving you all these different ideas that you yeah you know, yeah should be doing with your home. So yep. yeah, all those things. All right, up. John, this is not a therapy session. <laughs> no, but I mean, he's right though, right? I mean, it, it, it totally, and people do that. So Mark, that's coming from the single guy right now. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I, and you mentioned that you were talking about uh, projects, you know, uh, uh, DIY projects or Pinterest. We're right in the middle of rebuilding the, I'm building a billiards room here next to my office uh, for the pool table. And it's just, it's scope creep has taken over. It was like, oh, I can, I, you know, I factored in the budget. I'm like, I can do it for this amount of money. And I'm way over budget right now. And, and that's, again, if you're retired, if I'm still working, but if I was retired, that could be a real problem, right? If I let scope creep get in there and I'm spending, you know, 25% more than I budgeted for this project, that could be an issue. So you want to make sure that you are inflating it to your point, kind of puff those numbers up a little bit just to be on the safe side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. I don't think I've seen anybody come in under budget on anything in the last three years. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's with professionals, <laughs> let alone doing it yourself, right? For uh, sure. Okay. So that's travel and leisure. So last one here, last category, insurance. Many people, guys, walk into retirement saying, well, I don't need insurance anymore, right? That's also that kind of that old standard as far as the financial services world. Well, who needs it? You know, why do you need insurance if your your kids are grown and you don't have to replace your income because you're not worried about sending them to school or you know all that kind of stuff that you guys have heard of probably a million times? Yeah, so we'll see. Um, you know, one of the most common you know insurances that go away whether it's at retirement or early in retirement is, you know, life insurance. So, you know, we obviously emphasize the fact that a death early on in retirement's the bigger risk, you know, to, especially if there's outstanding debt, those sorts of things versus later on, you know, in retirement. So, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we'll have people that maybe they've got, you know, three to five years left on their term policy and the premiums aren't prohibitive, And we'll just have them keep the coverage because, you know, there's still a mortgage or, you know, just that additional money, if something were to happen, would be a big boost to the surviving spouse. But disability definitely goes away because disability insurance, by definition, ensures your ability to work. So if you're not working, then you're not insuring anything. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's that's something that drops. And then, you know, you know, some of these supplemental uh, policies that maybe were provided by the employer Aren't, aren't portable and you can't take them with you anyway. So, you know, some of those things will drop off. So, you know, that's definitely something that can uh, be adjusted and, and uh, adapted to reduce some of the costs. Well, I think for every situation, insurance is one of those questions, John, that goes either way, right? Some people may not, when you guys are developing and looking through the plan, maybe insurance isn't needed, but then again, maybe it is, or maybe they're using uh, an insurance policy for the cash value policy side of things or whatever. So it could, this was, this one's one I think could go either direction. It definitely could go either way. Uh, it really depends on the individual. And like you, like we were just talking about here, each, each person 
you know, whatever is important to them will dictate, you know, whether your insurance is going to be going up or down. Yeah. Um, that's really what it comes down to is each individual, you know, what they value and, and what they kind of, you know, want to protect with insurance and what they're okay. You know, I'm, I'm okay without it. So, well, and that's a good way to think about what we're going to get into for the next podcast is really kind of assessing uh, must haves, nice to haves, uh, things of that nature, and then how other aspects in the financial services world could affect those uh, categories we just ran down. So uh, we're going to wrap it up this week. So again, these are just kind of the expenses categories and it's some major ones here to think about how they may change to the plus or to the minus with our cash flow. Uh, in retirement. And we'll be back next week with the second half of this conversation. So do yourself a favor. If you haven't done so yet, reach out to the team. If you don't have a strategy or a plan in place and get started with a consultation and a conversation for yourself, you can find the guys at pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com, where you can get started today on a strategy for yourself. Reach out to John and Nick there. And guys, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you next week or well, in two weeks on the podcast. Nick, have a good one. All right, John. Thanks, buddy. And I'll catch you later. We'll see you guys here on Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick.